0: all right this is the introductory podcast for the sensible center pack Uh, we need a theme song or something i think bob can you work on that yeah i'll I'll work on that (laughs) at least have the kids maybe the kids could do something they could be singing (laughs) It could be singing and we probably point in
1: time it'll probably be the wednesday adams song
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go well whatever works yeah it's popular (laughs) <laughs> we probably need a name at some point too. <laughs> <laughs> we could get the marketing department working on that yeah. you know there we'll we get go. We'll, we'll get the staff this is a this is a a high uh high level operation here so i i guess we'll just kind of introduce ourselves and kind of talk about the point of the podcast and kind of our, uh what our objective here is what you know we set up a political action committee and kind of go from there so I, i'm kevin o'neill or L- using last names bob or is, i'm i'm yeah. retired so i could give a crap about anybody trying to fire me
1: <laughs> and there, there's probably enough bob caruso's out there that, that you
0: could you yeah. could claim it's not you
1: yeah we'll see if we can damage the dr bob caruso <laughs> in north carolina loses practice
0: i could always edit stuff out you know we could always <laughs> we could always you know edit it for for public consumption so i'm kevin o'neill i'm I'm a retired uh you know middle-aged guy who's living up in wisconsin um uh, as far as background on, on political i uh i'm i'm probably left of center you would say uh i don't think i'm too far left of center but uh some people might have a different opinion after listening to the podcast, but (laughs) as I like to say, political ideology, it's always depends on where you're standing from and observing the other side. So, um, but I have, I have conservative elements too, and we'll kind of talk about those along the way. Um, but, uh, why don't you talk about your background, Bob, a little bit, and, uh, then we'll talk about the pack.
1: I'm Bob Caruso. I'm a Gen X. Gen I do X. lean uh, right of center. Um, I like to consider myself a libertarian. Um, not crazy libertarian, but I don't think anybody, any libertarian, would call himself crazy. So we'll see here. We'll <laughs> let the, the audience be the judge.
0: Except for Rand Paul.
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, Sorry, you know, Rand. I mean, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> And Ron. Ron Paul. Ron, Ron Paul Ron, Libertarian. Ron, Ron's still with us? He is. He's still All with right. us. All right. Had a little bit of a scare about a year and a half ago, I think, but uh, okay. he's, he's doing well. I'm excited about the podcast and the Sensible Center Pack. I think it's an opportunity for uh, me to be more involved. Um, hopefully provide some influence on the direction of the country. Hopefully it'll hasten the end to some of the corruption and greed driven politics that really exist today and drive a lot of the conversation and communication and social media and the wider media. Um, also, I'm a bit of a connoisseur of fine whiskeys, wine, and definitely political banner.
0: That is that is the case. And Bob and I have known each other uh, through primarily drinking for almost 20 years. Oh. Well, over 15 years, 16, 17 years or something yeah, like that.
1: Probably something like that.
0: And we've had many discussions about politics, uh, both in person and via text over the years. And by the way, Bob, that's that was a much more uh, well-stated discussion of the objective here than, <laughs> that I came up with. <laughs> So kudos there. Did you write something down? That sounded like you, you read it off a script or something. I,
1: I did take some notes. I took some notes here. Being the All first right. one, I wanted to kind of make sure that I wasn't falling flat on my face right out of the gate.
0: All right. You're going to make me feel bad now.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. It's probably better to to fly by the seat of your pants than to sound like you're reading. So <laughs> let's just see how this goes.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll let the audience be the judge of that. So, so our pack that we've, we've formed, uh, uh last, last year, or I guess it was officially, uh, earlier this year is kind of the, the idea is that we call it sensible center. Cause, uh, we believe kind of the two party system. And if I say something that you don't agree with Bob, obviously in this whole endeavor and podcast, feel free to speak up. Cause that's the whole point of it is to kind of, um, you know I think we have more in common than uh we're led to believe as a country and I think there's a lot more people who who are have more common sense than uh what the political parties and the media tend to portray and uh you know that they are better served by uh us fighting with each other than kind of uh fighting against them so I think that's kind of part of our little goal here is to kind of, we think that the political system is is broken. And, um, you know, I would be speaking for myself, I'm more of a reformer and speaking for Bob, and a, I think he's more of a throw the, throw the bums out, kind of, let's start from scratch. Let's, and if that's not what you're thinking, Bob, let me know, but yeah, I think
1: we... it's a little bit in the middle there. I think a lot of the bumps need to be thrown out of office. Um, I, I do believe in reform quite a bit. I think we can get some candidates out there that kind of take the side that we are in the center. Reform where you can get the legacy candidates or the legacy politicians out of there that have been in 25, 30, 35 years not to call out anybody or Diane Feinstein, but um, we need change. And some of that is starting over. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's something we definitely agree on. And I think a lot of people I talk to about is that the idea of being career politicians or, 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 you know, permanent fixtures in Washington and, and revolving door between the government and, and business and whatever other interests are out, special interests are out there. Uh, you know that's just got that's just got to end. And term limits is clearly one way to do it. And getting the money out is is another way. And having uh, better anti-corruption laws. And we'll get into all of these topics along the way as we as we uh, do the podcast. And we have a website also for the the pack. It's called uh, Sensible. Uh, centerpack.com. Uh, we've got it up and running. There'll be additional information. We'll post podcasts there. Um, the idea is to, we'll, we'll start these podcasts with kind of general political discussion, more kind of current topics uh, and get a feel for our, our different backgrounds and views or quote unquote hot takes on the latest news. And then, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get into talking more uh, as we post different podcasts about uh, topics such as, you know, whatever, ranked choice voting or, or third party candidates or, or whatnot. And then even further, um, as we get hopefully some funding and some events, uh, that we can get some supporters that, you know, the idea is to support candidates that, uh, you know, take that kind of common sense reform type of view as their primary uh, viewpoint, um, not being attached to, to any political party one way or another.
1: Yeah, I think, what I'm hoping this podcast turns into is an opportunity for people to hear us from different sides of the political spectrum, talk through things, maybe have a few drinks as we're doing it, um, set an example for others to communicate come together and realize that most of these fringe issues that we hear about and people are fighting about today don't really matter. What matters is real change, real reform, driving the conversation somewhere that's going to end in results that will bring the country to a place where it needs to be so we can function not only well now, but 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years into the future.
0: Absolutely. And, I, you know, and my general view, talk, just talking to people, and I know you've talked to people all the time about these things, is that I think the country's ready for it. Uh, I just don't think people have an idea. One, they're either, as I've always said, apathy is the biggest kind of uh, hurdle here, that uh, either they can't, either they're too busy with their lives, which is clearly understandable to get into the details of political reform and trying to do something and they feel like they're powerless you know um and you know clearly two guys sitting in there i'm in my basement (laughs) uh and bob's in tennessee uh, not to give away his location and i'm in wisconsin but um uh but you know i think our viewpoint is that I think if more people do this and push in the right direction and realize that they might have a bit of power, I think that's the only way social movements get going and the only way ch- real change happens. Because uh, clearly, you're 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 not gonna go up against uh, the powers that be without creating some type of social change movement, and the only way to do it is to start and start having the discussions, and trying to figure it out as you go along, and that's all we're trying to do here, Uh, we have no, no ambitions that we're going to change the world tomorrow, but uh, I think it's just the process, and the journey through it, uh, that we're beginning, uh, and we hope, you know, other people join us, and we hope this podcast helps other people kind of understand where we're coming from, and kind of join us along the way, and then we'll, you know, I think we're generally two pretty bright guys uh, and, you know, we just want to help that happen for the country. Um, you know.
1: so should we touch on a few of the items that we're really focused on? Uh, this wouldn't be all encompassing, but I think supportive term limits is yeah. an important one. Um, I think we all see the damage that can be done from long-term politicians in office. Um, they, they start to become more beholden to the lobbyist class than the general populace or those that elect them into office.
0: Right. Um,
1: nonpartisan redistricting, excuse me, nonpartisan redistricting is also important. Absolutely. Um, definitely standing on that one. Um, uh, when you have long-term politicians in office, 20, 30 years, and they can write their own district, that's how they get their 20 or 30 years, and again they're no longer beholden to those that have elected them or those that they should be representing.
0: I mean, those two that you just mentioned, I think, I don't, I've never had a discussion with anyone who doesn't believe in those two issues. I mean, to me, they're absolutely low-hanging fruit, and I think they get us over 50% of the way there, you know? Yeah, Uh, I think and the fact that we don't have that is just astonishing at this point um and yeah i mean there are so many organizations and movements that are trying to get stuff like that done and the fact that we haven't gotten there yet um you know it just shows you how hard it is to to make change but i think it's coming i think both of them are going to come they
1: need to absolutely Uh, We'll we'll get into more details on that. I could talk for an hour on each of those individually, honestly. I've got some ideas about that. But anti-corruption, strengthening of ethics rules, I think, is quite important. I think it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on right now. You can look at it from the left side of the aisle and point at President Trump. You can look at it from the right side of the aisle, point at President Biden, see what you may see as obvious ethics violations, um, in some cases potentially worse. Uh, we, we need some reform there. Um, and then voter choice, I think you touched on that a little bit earlier, something such as ranked choice voting or other options um, to loosen the grip a little bit of the two party system and uh, their control over the media and and the um, general competitive atmosphere, Team Red versus Team Blue, I think you need to find a, opportunities to get other candidates more involved, give them a larger voice. And ranked choice voting, to me, is an obvious way to get there.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I've always had money in politics. I think that's a little bit trickier issue because you get into free speech and and things like that. And I've had discussions with people about that. But again, I think there's a place that we can all agree that, um, we don't want our politicians bought, <laughs> uh, going yeah. in. And so there's different things you could do without limiting speech so much. Uh, but you know, the Supreme court has basically ruled that speech is money at this point and corporations are people, which I think, uh, You know, we can kind of talk about that at some point, too. uh... It's how
1: you end up with laws that have cutouts and loopholes and really become meaningless in the grand scheme of things because of a long term candidates who've had their coffers filled by individual companies or organizations for so long to become a machine. And again, general populace just becomes removed from the equation altogether
0: it's awful yep they they cut us they cut us out of the equation we're not we're not being represented represented they uh they're representing other interests and special interests um just kind of moving along uh bob mentioned that we both like a good drink and that's going to be part of these podcasts too you might notice me uh, uh, We're we, we both fans of Bill Maher and he's got an interesting podcast that he uh, partakes of various, various things. We're just going to drink. I'm drinking some uh, some barrel bourbon tonight, uh, that which was aged in uh, soterne barrels. So it's got a little bit even more sweetness than the typical. You can hear my glass clinking. A um, little more sweetness than the typical uh bourbon but uh what are you drinking bob
1: i am drinking wheeler's raid cigar batch bourbon wheeler's Raid that. is a local distillery down here in uh, tennessee Makes some fantastic stuff there's a plug for them it's not paid i promise <laughs> um so a cigar batch uh, usually is finished in at least one barrel sometimes two or three other barrels such as armeniac um, sometimes they'll throw a little rum in there, rum barrel, not the spirit, um, or a few others. And this one's nice and smooth. It's pretty good. It's, uh, 112 proof. I've been aged just over five years. So do you
0: always do ice or, or is this you drinking straight?
1: It depends. I'm drinking with ice tonight. I'm near, nearing the, uh, bottom of this bottle, not from tonight, but from the past few weeks. So I've I've had my fill of neat whiskey, just to be clear. (laughs) My politics changed towards the end of the bottle. I'm just kidding. It's it's not a problem. (laughs) Not a
0: problem. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) I always feel like a poser because I put a big glass of, or big, uh, you know, round ice cube in my my bourbon. But um, I just like it that way. Makes it I last agree. longer too.
1: Yeah, it it melts. It feels like it melts more slowly. Yep. And the it keeps the the whiskey a bit colder as well. I think so.
0: Yep. I like my whiskey cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, what we're gonna do is kind of uh, go through a range of sort of current topics, just to kind of air some things out here, and you know get, get our our, our thoughts together on some of these topics and hopefully entertain you guys with a little bit of back, back and forth. Uh, cause I think on some of these things we might have a different uh, viewpoint. Uh, so you could get a feel for our, our our political stance. And I mean, we're not gonna talk too much reform tonight cause we're sort of lo- looking at, so, there's a lot going on in politics, especially the last couple of weeks as we kind of gear up uh, towards 2024. and Seems like everyone's getting indicted. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about those, I, I, you know, just kind of going through, we'll talk about the Trump indictment, uh, uh, which happened last week. Hunter uh, has some charges against him. Hunter Biden, if we have to use the last name, uh, some charges against him. Uh, Bob and I always like to talk, uh, get in the weeds on the federal reserve. So, uh, you could fast forward through that part. If <laughs> Especially if we get into how inflation is calculated.
1: <laughs> or just uh, grab a bottle of whiskey and, and yell at your iPhone or whatever you're listening on.
0: That's right. It will be better if you start drinking it right before that. So we'll give you a 10-minute a, a notice so you could pause the podcast and then get something uh, to alter your mind in some way uh, well, before we do that. And then, uh, it always amuses me. I was just looking at the, uh, you know, I got a tab open with the Republican field of, uh, contenders for 2024. And there's quite a, quite a, a, number of those. So we'll, we'll talk about that list and kind of, uh, you know, Trump is clearly the, the, uh, ahead of everyone by a wide margin and sort of what, what do these guys need to do to make a dent in, in that, or if, if it's possible at all. And then we'll talk about the other side too. So equal opportunity. We'll talk about, uh, uh, grandpa Joe and, uh, (laughs) whether he should be in the, in the race or, uh, uh, you know, whether he should, uh, you know, go for, uh, go for the late retirement, so to speak. Um, so that's kind of what we have on the list, uh, uh, for today. So, uh, why don't we kick it off with the Trump indictment? So uh, I sort of read the indictment, and my my take is, let I me. Mean, there's there's a. Have you read the indictment at all? It's forty some odd pages.
1: Yeah, I didn't read forty odd just odd pages of indictment. Yeah. I read uh, I read highlights from various sources.
0: Yeah, the, the the. I just have opened the first two pages here and if nothing else, Trump enter- entertains the hell out of me, <laughs> right? He I is mean, the, hilarious. Guy, the guy is too much. Mm-hmm. He's just too much. I mean, if it was, you know, if it wasn't our country in the balance, I, uh, you know, I watched, I watched The Apprentice. I was, Deb got on me for I watched it until it wasn't on anymore. Cause I, I find the guy
1: pretty entertaining or amusing. <laughs> I, you know, I said to various people the night after his uh, one of his primary debates, the comment he made about Rosie O'Donnell and everybody (laughs) burst into laughter. I knew right then he was going to be president. I did. And people said, there's no way. And I knew it right then. It's he's and he has that ability. It's just the ability. He's quick. He's got these jabs. He can turn a conversation around with something that you didn't, you know, out of left field. Uh, and anybody going against him really still is going to have that issue i think um with the possible exception of biden but i feel like biden's got got a machine behind him
0: oh yeah i mean he's definitely quick he he he, he definitely knows how to to box people in i mean it it is it is whatever it is it's a it's a talent and and um you know towards the entertainment entertaining side of things so within this is on page two, and I, I think everyone's seen the boxes in the bathroom, in the shower, but it's just funny to read it in an in, in indictment, you know, that his, they had boxes in the ballroom, the a bathroom, a shower. Now, I know Biden had his in, in his
1: garage. <laughs> but it was Corvette, maybe a yeah. few in the trunk.
0: But, but remember, Trump's is in a public,
1: <laughs> a public club, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's a private <laughs> club.
0: Has, you would at least hope Biden has some security around his, his home. Uh, and I'm sure there's security around, uh, mar a but, uh, you know, bedroom storage room, and then the, the two specific, uh, instances where he's, uh, and I, and I think, you know, somebody said, well, you know, it's talking to another friend. And they're like, well, what about Biden? Why, why or Obama? Or, I mean, Clearly we have a, an issue with classified documents and them ending up in places that they shouldn't be. Um, it's another conversation whether, you know, we over classify documents or what what the issue is here. But, I, you know, just based upon reading it, I think Trump's is more, he, he sort of, you know, I think the the thing is the, the intent uh, that he, he, They've got him on tape. It says right here that he showed in his other golf club in New Jersey that they've got recorded that he had a meeting with a writer, a publisher, two members of been staffed. None of whom possess security clearance. And he showed them and described the plan of attack that was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sitcom a department of and senior military official then trump told the individuals that the plan was highly confidential it's like he's doing it on purpose it's like he's punking the whole country and the department but, but of here's Justice. the thing
1: but here's the thing right he might you, be you, you you have to you have to remember just because trump did it in a trump fashion doesn't mean that other ex-officials didn't do the same thing and i think Uh, where the the line has to be drawn here is it it really does stink of political persecution i'm just going to say it i mean if if this is the start of high-ranking officials and break the law and government getting charged for stuff like this i'm all for it absolutely throw every one of them through the judicial system i'm like i'm like let's do it if if if
0: biden's guilty of this stuff and absolutely I, i I it shouldn't be going on
1: that said but 55 percent of registered voters today Uh are saying that this indictment is political and that's from a Harvard Cap Harris poll and out of I mean that includes 28 percent of Democrats so this isn't really you know partisan side of the aisle it's more than half of registered voters saying they believe this is political look at you coming up with figures. You know that. I mean, you you touched on it earlier, right? We know Biden had them in his house, classified documents. We know Hillary had the server. We know Mike Pence had classified documents in his house. President Obama did the same thing. The list is forever. They're going after Trump. Now maybe it's because of his brashness, his big personality. You know, you you touched on it. It's it's laughable, but it's it's Trump. I mean, it's it's his personality that maybe makes it a little more grandiose. But it, he's not the only one. And this does stink of political persecution. And I think it, it looks like Biden and his Department of Justice going after his opponent. And it looks like he's scared of him. That's what it looks like to the average citizen.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, clearly that's the case. I mean, that's the case being made by Trump Trump and the republicans uh i don't know how tell me how you how you would know otherwise i guess
1: i I mean uh, well you'd know otherwise because they'd start charging these other officials assuming that it happened and we we do we've got again mike pence admitted he had them we know joe biden had them in his house we know hillary in the server was real Um, We've got, I think what makes this more difficult and why people believe that this is political persecution, if you will, is there's a history with Trump and the three-letter agencies going after him. We know via the Durham report, it was a 316-page report. Took years to come up with, to develop. That RussiaGate was spurred by the Clinton campaign. Trump was calling it a hoax for I don't know how many years. The media oh. laughed it off, garbage.
0: But did you read it the was, Mueller
1: Mueller report? I've read them. Yep, yep. Okay. But the Durham but the, report is was saying s- it wasn't legit at all. There was there nothing was to smoke. go off with the P tape was, and everything else. But there was it, smoke it there. Didn't exist. I
0: mean, there was smoke there. I read it. I mean. At least obstruction, smoke at the very least, um, and some. You yeah, know, I've got pu- some. You know,
1: I've got some... no no doubt that there is probably some obstruction there. But again, um, by the letter of the law, stopping an investigation or doing what you can to stop investigation in many cases is obstruction. But again, um, there's reports out there right now and i know we're about to get into this conversation that that uh biden's department of justice has stopped any significant investigation into the significant or more significant potential charges against hunter biden
0: yeah but it can't all that obstruction it can't all go one side right i mean if if it's political why isn't hell you're you're actually going to posit that trump who ran on lock her up? Somehow, pulled back and said, "Oh, I can't politically prosecute her." It was a, it was his campaign promise, and she, there were no charges filed against her. Do you think that? That's what I'm saying. I think it's a matter. I I understand what you're saying. It's perception. We have to be very. I we have to be. Well, you just look at what you got. There was no charges. There had been no charges against her. And he had control. You could say, well, there were, you know, the deep state or whatnot, but come on. You could always state a million different things. So either it's political or it's not. Uh, And I would say it's all a matter of degree. I don't think proving any of this is easy. I don't, one, if it's political, they're, they're not doing themselves any favors. They're helping him. He is not going to be on trial before the election. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I mean, they're going to delay as much as they can. He can campaign off this. This gets him in the news. This gets him everything he wants. Uh, unless somebody's going to argue against that. I think his... Co- him being in coverage, I think it boosts his support. There might be some people on the margin that say, "Well, enough's enough." I think those people have already fallen by the wayside yeah. if they're if they're out there at all. I read so, the numbers are falling a
1: little bit, so this may may actually be having an effect. It's a bit early to really worry about that. I think yet, but I think since the indictment, his numbers have taken a, a bit of a hit.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. have those numbers in I don't front know. of me. Yeah, I don't know about that. I just, I think anything that keeps him in the news and front and center based upon what we saw in 2016 is going to help him over his opponents. Um, I think the more exposure they get, the better off they're going to get. And the more he does and the more he's seen as being prosecuted. Um, because I, I don't even think, I'd, I'm like, who are they going to find in a jury where they can't find one person that it's going to say he could, you know, he's not guilty of anything. I, how do you get a conviction? I don't know. So given all of that, you're almost stupid to charge him, uh, for political purposes because one, you're probably helping him. Two, uh, somebody might do per- it. So, right. Why do it? Because we have laws and we should abide by those laws. And the president uh, and anyone else shouldn't be above the law. That's, that's, that's my take. And if somebody else is guilty of something similar or not similar and they want to press charge, have at it. I, that's, that's our system of justice. And to suggest
1: i agree with you but why start there i mean i i I think
0: suggesting our whole system of justice has become political and uh like a third-rate nation is extremely dangerous extremely dangerous and i don't think we should be blind to things i don't think we should bury our head in the sand but i think that does more damage than you you can imagine to even suggest it To even suggest it.
1: and I think where you, you probably, where we need to go, you asked me this earlier, how do we fix it, right? I think term limits do go a long way because you don't get the legacy congressmen and congresswomen that are maybe closely tied and affiliated with the party, right? And also, I think we need to get to a point where those in um, appointed positions within these government bureaucratic agencies have term limits as well. So you can't be a lifetime Department of Justice or other high level agency official. It just, there's, there's too much opportunity there for exploiting a situation or for, um, I can't think of the term I want to use, which is awful, but for, um, hoarding power, collecting power. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm all about reform and putting, you know, checks and balances in place. So, so that doesn't happen, but I get them back to my point. It's, it's really dangerous to start suggesting that our whole that our justice system is out of whack. I, it's not perfect by far. I mean, the whole political system isn't perfect by far. But uh, I don't think we're served by just just throwing out charges like that without proof. And yes, absolutely, we should we should make sure that things are isolated as much as possible, and there's not any way. Of, I mean. We could we could start talking we could go into the to the hunter biden charges so again this is again people are suggesting this is a political uh sort of on the other way now that he got a light take because of politics versus you know a uh, heavier uh charges and the 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 u.s attorney says the case is still open but i guess they always say that and I think the White House and everyone else that thinks that this is going to be the last, the last we hear of this. I have no idea, but the it feels the US like a attorney, token
1: indictment to me.
0: Yeah, but the U.S. attorney that charged him was Trump appointed. I, I don't know. Again. Yeah, he, he didn't pay taxes, so it's like, I, I would like Trump I'd said like,
1: weeks ago, Hunter's going to be charged with something small to make Trump's indictment look more legit, and right. that's exactly what happened. The is specifically suspicious. with the pistol charge i mean look at the pistol charge he's not even going to go to court over it he's going to go to some sort of treatment center and they're going to call that even a common man you or i does that do you think we get that same treatment through a court just
0: well that's that's different chances? than a political that's different but it than is political, political because
1: there's an election coming
0: but that's right. different than a political argument. I would, I would say wealthy and people of influence always have an easier time through our judicial system. I, I, if we got suggestions how to get around that, I mean, they have easier time getting in college. I mean, there's just advantages that they have. Um, I don't, I'm all about trying to level the planning field as much as we can. Uh, but to suggest that there was somehow a thumb placed on the U.S. attorney to give Hunter a lighter sentence. A U.S. attorney that, that again, is Trump-appointed. Uh, there's been a, a, I think there's a special counsel also involved. I don't think Merrick Garland has much to do with this. I mean, you could believe it or not, but I just don't. Yeah, to me, on the face of it, with especially the tax charges, I don't, I guess the gun possession is a felony, but I think it was only like seven days or, so, I don't know. I was reading a little bit about it, but the tax thing, oh, you didn't pay a million and a half in taxes, and you're, I guess he's, well, he hasn't, he hasn't been sentenced, so maybe we can wait for sentencing, but I guess he's eligible to get prison
1: time under the charges. Yeah, he is. There's he, is. he won't see so, it.
0: So I don't know who determines that.
1: He's uh, gonna get a uh, he's gonna get a second appointment for barisma so what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's... <laughs> and sell
0: some more paintings.
1: <laughs> hmm Yeah, before you know it, yeah. Zelinsky's gonna... gonna need a uh New bubble painting for his bunker.
0: So, you're saying this is not going to help his crack
1: addiction? <laughs> no, I would say not. Or hooker addiction, for a matter. I'll
0: see. That. Might not be able
1: to get him from Russia anymore. He might have I... to. He might have to switch
0: to. he got to feel for the good. So, yeah. So, I guess my take is it seems light. The, the timing is suspicious. Uh. Again, I, no, outside know, I'm of not even, proof.
1: honestly, I'm not interested in Hunter as much as I am the the money laundering 10% for the big guy. <laughs> Biden's on tape stating he withheld money from Ukraine until they agreed to fire a prosecutor that he didn't like. He's on tape saying that. Yes, I, I know.
0: And it has got an explanation for that, I guess. It's
1: and and that's one you know. uh, I don't think the impeachment. Supposedly Chuck Grassley's got a document now where an FBI inform informant details that both Joe and Hunter received five million apiece as a bribe, while Joe was VP. And then the laptop shows all kinds of emails, ten percent for the big guy from here and from there. It's there's a lot more to it, and there's. So as this stuff came out, the big story last week. I've read this. There were hundreds and hundreds of minutes on the big three—ABC, NBC, CBS—about the Trump indictment, and zero, not a second, about the the Grassley comments on the FBI document and the supposed—and I, I say supposed because I don't know if anybody has them—audio tapes of Joe conversing with somebody in Ukraine about bribes.
0: Oh, Bob, before we. Get- if if it if it happened and if they had the goods, absolutely. I'd lock up, lock them up. We we'll talk later. I don't think he should run anyway. If it prevents Thank him, from, if it prevents him from running, so be it. I I have
1: no you know,
0: no more no, of this
1: from anybody. No more of it from anyone. It's
0: it's ridiculous that that you know some people take sides and you know, I hey if they did it all i all i could look at is what's being charged and it seems sometime convenient to say it's all one side um but absolutely have at it um i i don't
1: you know i mean i just
0: don't if you've got the goods show them and do something about it i did to say that the, our hands are tied or that the system is is only rigged one way, I just – I have a hard time understanding
1: that piece of it. Um, I just don't you know, know how you do that when you've got lifetime bureaucrats in these offices
0: Well, that's in the Congress. Deep, that's the deep know, state issue. That's the issue. And, and to say that that is all – Focused one party side, heck, I've never worked for the the government. I don't know, Uh, but I just find that I find that as a a convenient excuse. I'll say Uh, an
1: an interesting anecdote to end this conversation. And somebody who was in the military, you know, in, in various roles, told me this once. And he'll know who he is if he hears this, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, Generally, military are a bunch of young kids. A lot of the people in government aren't that smart. And it would be nearly impossible for them to have these huge conspiracies dreamed up and put into action. Think that's about pro- the coordination that would take for a bunch of generally young kids in government and these and, and the CIA, FBI, everything else, be able to put them in action and make them work. They don't know what they're doing.
0: That's, that's,
1: a, that's another. That's another factor. Yes.
0: Uh, I mean, it's just convenient to have these theories and conspiracies and whatever, but uh, it's harder to actually. Sh- show that it's occurring i mean it's great if if people want to scout out that stuff and and we should and we should make sure our government is is not involved in playing sides and absolutely i i'm all for that like i said if, if there's reforms and stuff that can be put in place let's do it and and uh you know i think i think the larger thing is like all these things that we care about get back to uh you know the whole political system and getting getting fresh people in there and and not the, the stale because i think like you said that and even within the agencies and whatnot uh we should we should probably i know that tenure and things like that um you know people tend to know what they're doing but i think that's kind of a little bit of a curve you hit a certain point and then the the you know your experience helps, and then it starts to hurt, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, th- uh, I
1: think the question is, how, how, how do we regain trust in the government? Right. You don't oh. want somebody coming in out of college or from the farm. You know, and yesterday they're milking cows, and today they're negotiating with China over a nuclear treaty or something. You don't want that. I, I understand that, obviously. But we've got to get to a point where we can restore trust in government People go to Congress, they get called into Congress, and they're giving answers that are truthful, complete, and honest. And right now everything just feels like a big show where nobody is held accountable for anything. I can't remember the last time anybody was truly held accountable for anything in our government.
0: Well, they'll they'll say elections are how we hold our politicians accountable, but I think people will generally see that as not not as a rigged system, but as a system that's not serving that purpose anymore.
1: Um, People get pardoned when they do break the law and then they end up with some government job that's paying $250,000 a year.
0: Yep. It shouldn't, shouldn't be. So speaking about trust in government, let's turn to the federal reserve and, and Bob, you know, I think he's he's applied for jobs at the Fed before, and they've they've rejected him. So he's a little bit bitter, uh, in regards to the Fed, and a little bit suspicious of their motives.
1: So chief shutdown and, shut me- and cancellations <laughs> are. <czar.
0: laughs> and me, I am a long time uh, finance and banking uh, person, so I have a little bit more trust in in the system. Uh, so. Uh, you'll hear that sort of throughout. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big government guy, but I believe that things do still serve a purpose and we take a lot of it for granted, uh, some of the time, especially when, uh, if we don't look at other countries and what has happened to them, uh, and yes, you're right, Bob, we have a 30 plus trillion dollar deal debt. And the Federal right Reserve now, has plenty of bonds on its books. So yeah, it's, it's, it's might be a little bit shaky, but, uh, you know,
1: we'll right work now our way on they're doing out a it. good job of getting us deeper into the mess they got us in. That's, I'll give them that. I, I expected over the, the Fed, I expected over the last six months for the economy to take a real negative turn and, uh, Back in, back in the Obama years, actually the late Bush years, um, quantitative easing, easing, and QE, QE1, QE2. Mm-hmm. I think we had QE3. QE1. I knew it was going to be a mess then, and that really has gotten us to where we're at now.
0: Just, so just the last... the...
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, well, I, I just want to explain uh, uh, for people who might not understand quantitative easing, kind of in a simple term here without getting too much into the weeds. It's basically the federal reserve expanding their balance sheet. So, uh, in case you don't know, the federal reserve actually purchases <laughs> us treasuries and some other debt and bond Mortgage, obligations. Sometimes. Bank securities, Right. Yeah. To support, uh, the markets, so to speak. Right. And to keep the, 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 the wheels turning in the economy, and so Soon basically
1: commercial real estate.
0: Yes, basically, you know, they have the power to do that, and what that means is they introduce money into the system. They don't need to print it anymore; it's all electronic, thank God. Uh, otherwise, the printing presses would literally fall off and explode. We'd have, we'd have to <laughs> we'd have to replace them. <laughs> And so that gets into the whole debt ceiling, but basically the easing, you know, quantitative easing is is the way the Fed, uh, you know, they they have two ways to do it. I mean, there's the interest rate setting, they setting the Fed funds rate, which kind of flows through the system through, through various, you know, your mortgage and not directly, but uh, you know, there's the prime rate that banks set through what the Fed, funds rate is and and all of this more technical stuff but they also have the ability to kind of to put money into the system by buying even treasuries and mortgages as as bob has indicated to kind of continue to support the system so i think we're in a tightening phase more than an easing phase uh which is where we should be i'm i'm with you i'm sort of uh, amazed at, you know, uh, I mean, they call it a soft landing that we haven't hit hard yet. Um, there seems to be resiliency, especially when you look at other countries that have kind of been dealing with the, the whole, you know, inflation COVID thing that we have generally we've been doing better, whether that's because we've, we've kind of continued or raise our debt limit and, you know, introduce spending and which has driven inflation and all that stuff. But again, they measure inflation in other countries. They have an unemployment and, you know, we've got a pretty strong labor market from everything I've heard. I don't think that's fake. Uh, I haven't heard too many people losing their jobs and I see plenty of help wanted signs, uh, everywhere. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily fake. The inflation, you could talk about whether inflation's higher and how inflation is calculated, but uh, clearly we've had a, a stronger bout of inflation than you know in our adult lives. Can we uh, agree
1: that inflation wasn't transitory? I mean, we could start uh, there, right? Yes, yes, it
0: definitely was that. I was on, I, I'll admit, I, and I've got an economic background, so I was with the Fed. Uh, and you might, I don't know if that was, you're not saying the Fed was being political at that stage, were you? No, I'm saying they're okay. just completely They just wrong. got it wrong. They got it wrong. Yeah. And so did I. I mean, I I'm, i guess, well, clearly
1: that I, I would say- We were say, printing money. We, we printed well, they, more money in the last three years, I think, than we did yeah. in previous history. Here's Here's what I
0: would say. Uh, on my analysis. I thought it would uh, peak lower and go away quicker. Um, I think Biden's last uh, COVID bill was a complete mistake. I think that contributed a lot to it. Uh, we could talk about the the second round or or whether we should have deferred student loan payments as long
1: as we did. Uh, Trump's budgets were way too big too, and Trump's right. bailout shouldn't have happened either. Yeah,
0: you had the you had the tax cuts in there. I mean, that all serves as as additional stimulus. Um, we did. That being said, we did make it through. There was a pandemic. Uh, you can't ignore that fact, uh, and it's easy to but play. The, the Fed it's was easy dropping to play...
1: rates on top of all that spending. We dropped rates to near zero right but
0: uh we they were they were yeah they were negligible or nominal for an extended period of time um absolutely um through his talk
1: to the feds credit they didn't go below zero but i think some of the the economies in europe or the central banks in europe actually ran the rates below zero yep absolutely there
0: were negative and you knew that can't last, and that was going to cause problems. That being said, uh, we didn't see, well, you'll you'll say that they calculated differently, but we didn't see uh, inflation as high as we did uh, in the early, late 70s, early 90s. We had a war uh, that has contributed to at least the energy prices here, if not other things. Um, add that to the pandemic, uh, and, uh, something we haven't dealt with in a hundred years. Um, I don't see many people losing their homes. I don't see interest rates skyrocketing. I don't see people with wheelbarrows going to the grocery store. I don't see food lines.
1: I was actually so, surprised. So I, how I was, bad are we? I was doing some research today and to buy a hundred dollars of 2019s food today, it'll cost you about $119, $118 and 73 cents. So that's, it's about an 18% increase in food from 2019, which
0: Four isn't, yeah.
1: you know, it's not as bad as it seems. Although, if you consider medium weight, wa- medium wage, they're up about 13%. So, the average consumer is losing about 5%. There, it's oh, it's I, really shelter and houses. I think where median sales price on a house 2019 versus today is about a 23% difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we could talk about housing at some point. I would argue that that real wages have been in decline for for the past 30 40 years i mean uh, you know i know what my increases were and i know what inflation was and i think a lot of people their spending power uh has you know dissipated uh, at least in the the working uh class i don't know what resolves working class but yeah housing is definitely a a key issue and i i don't i mean we've talked about that at infinitum and i'm sure we'll talk about it and And podcasts going forward, I don't know how that resolves. I mean, it's it's you're either going
1: to have a yeah, yeah. That's another long conversation. Yeah, the uh, Airbnb and that sort of thing has really compounded the issue because a a large percentage of houses have been taken out of circulation for short-term rentals, and and then you had large investing firms, BlackRock and others buying up large swaths of houses entire neighborhoods to to rent out and and when you do that you're gonna you're gonna inflate the value of houses i don't i don't know how you fix that problem I, i really don't um some communities have actually started to try to address that you had dallas and i believe uh either san diego or los angeles have created laws now basically say you can't you can't rent in neighborhoods anymore you can't run Either in, in, I think Dallas had no more Airbnbs and neighborhoods or short term rentals. Um, I think San Diego or Los Angeles has basically said you need to have a, we're going to regulate this by licensing you out, but they're not enforcing it at this point at all. So um, I think on a local level, that's something that's going to have to be sorted out.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are definitely two things that we've. Haven't had before in the housing market in this country, and and the impact and how much they're contributing to uh, what's going on in the the housing inflation and and things like that. And, I mean, that'll be something that uh, will need to be studied. I I think outside of a of a hard recession, it's going to be hard to unwind that in any in any in any quick fashion.
1: The thing that's interesting to me. There are 10 states where the population is growing, and 40 where the population is shrinking.
0: It's interesting, isn't it?
1: So I don't have the list in front of me, but population is growing in Texas, Tennessee, one or both of the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, a few others and then the other 40 states, right? So this is really an interesting mix where you could see housing values rise in 10 states at such a level where it looks like values are increasing nationally when they're really falling in a large portion of the country at the same time. So it's going to become more market-centric. Yep. You're going to get in a situation where either states or the feds are going to determine they need to bail out real estate again and that's a whole other conversation we'll have to get into sometime
0: yeah i mean definitely if that picks up and continues to go i mean there's going to be some yeah some really down and uh deserted markets um i you would think that somebody would then step in and, and backstop those and uh clearly people are leaving for whatever reason be it
1: taxes weather.
0: Um, who knows? Uh, uh, it's a, It's a. It's when a, you start
1: backstopping, you're talking about backstopping again, and that's it's going to drive inflation. I mean, how much? How much can we bail out? How much money can we print well, I, can we move I, around till it, everything tips over? I was and talking I private point, investors. But oh, I gotcha.
0: That that you know, if the price drops far enough, it will it will become more attractive to people too.
1: Yeah, at a certain price point yeah somebody still has to take somebody's still holding the bag though
0: all right let's uh anything else on on fed and inflation at this point i think here's my take my 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 summary here better than expected i know you think the shoe's gonna drop later but we're still waiting for the shoe to drop
1: better than expected (laughs) but the fed got us into this mess in conjunction with the politicians the fed and the politicians got us into this mess
0: and you think the shoe's going to drop eventually
1: i do it it may not be the next 5 or 10 years but it's going to happen
0: and i i don't i don't argue with that i just don't know what that looks like or when it's going to happen
1: so that's from when my... you get into international politics too some right. of it's dependent on this international politics if we all collapse together it'll be a tough year or two but then we'll figure it out together. Yeah. I mean,
0: clearly you can't, well, you can, uh, you could go for a long period of time, <laughs> uh, which, which we have. And so we'll see what happens. Um, let's turn back to politics. So, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the Republican field. we we're, we're we're both and we're we're planning podcasts that that coincide with the debates, at least. I don't know if Biden's going to have to debate anyone, but although that would be interesting. RFK. Williams, RFK and Marianne Williamson. <laughs> uh, but clearly Trump is is uh, itching to get on the stage with with, you know, everybody, I, the anybody, clown, the clown car again. Although, you know. Looking at the field, you know they're not clowns, but it's funny to say clown car because there's so many of them. (laughs) Yep. So you've got.
1: They're all kind of climbing up a hill, and Trump's going to be on the top with a, with a boot or a, stick or something, knocking people down, doesn't it? It's like a cartoon.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly, I think that's what he wants. Is I think they're not doing themselves any favor by expanding the field. Uh, cause it's, you know, you're, you're, if, if there is an anti-Trump, uh, feeling in the Republican party, and that's, that's all you're looking at in a, in a primary, uh, that, that is being diluted by the number. So, uh, whether anyone steps forward, I mean, they clearly, uh, DeSantis was clearly thought to be the the top but he's you know for whatever reason he's sort of stumbled out of the gate here um
1: i still think he has the best chance of the bunch at this point outside of trump
0: yeah i'm not i'm not arguing that he doesn't but uh you know you got pence thrown in the field you got chris christie stepping up again nikki um, haley you got nikki yep and and you know i don't know if some of them are you know uh, I read Nikki's book I I actually you know think she's a pretty substantial uh, person to be running uh, she's clearly got experience and and uh, she seems to be pretty bright uh, I don't know if she's running for vice president because I read her book and she had nothing uh, untoward to say about uh, mr. Trump uh, and clearly I think, she would aid in the party. I do expect him, you know, to pick a female. I'll go out there at this point. Uh, I think we've talked about who that, who those choices might be.
1: Yeah. Uh, see, I lean more towards the camp. He might go somebody a little bit more. I don't know. Out of left field. I could see him trying to recruit like RFK for instance, or somebody kind of you think that, that might be able to, we could pull across the aisle. Yeah. Or at I least it kind so. of straddles the aisle because it feels like RFK right now. I don't know if you've been paying attention to his um, back and forth about COVID vaccines lately or not online. Oh, uh, yeah, with,
0: he's always been an anti-vaxxer.
1: Yeah. Um, it feels like he's kind of positioning himself as kind of like middle of the road where he's trying to kind of figure out you know where he fits in. And if Biden doesn't allow him on, he may try to jump on. Um, Either as an independent or a, at least as a uh, maybe a Republican light, if you will. And if that's the case, um, I, I see opportunity for Trump to say, hey, This guy is Kennedy, he's got a history with the Democrat Party. I'm going to bring us together. And yeah, I mean, that would,
0: me. that would be interesting if Trump does something unexpected as far as his running mate. I mean, clearly his first time around he 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 bolstered up on the evangelical side if he does something different like you said across the aisle to kind of uh, take a different take this time that that would be interesting
1: i don't think uh, he'll select kanye though just for the record <laughs> <laughs> that would that would definitely be interesting
0: <laughs> kid rock possibly
1: <laughs> or kim kardashian you, you never know you might try to pull a Merrick Garland. You never know. I need his help.
0: <laughs> so the question is, given where the field's at, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have some, uh, hopefully, some uh, live kind of debate commentary because I'm sure, uh, as we said before, it will be entertaining. But uh, you know how I uh, the only way I think they could get at Trump, and and I think Christie kind of led into it and i i think desantis is picking up on it is to portray him as a loser or you know somehow embarrass him or to demean him i i i think that's the only way you could go yeah. about it because there's nothing else i i'm i mean he's he's almost untouchable from here's that kind you, of
1: here's how you go after him you you ignore him Talk about oh. the issues and the issues alone oh. when he addresses you, you don't address him, you might be able to throw in a punchline or two, you know, if you get a good comedy writer or somebody who can kind of write some jokes, because that's exactly, again, I go back to that Rosie O'Donnell comment, one of his Trump's early primary performances, you get a laugh, you get an opportunity to get a laugh, you take it. But other than that, you, you get to focus on the issues, focus on Ukraine. I can't believe this war and all the money we're sending to Ukraine is popular in this country. You focus on things like that, focus on the inflation, focus on the rising crime in cities, focus on education. There's all kinds of educational issues you can go after. Just ignore attacks from them, be dismissive, and crack a joke when the time is right, and that's how you're gonna do it. I don't think um, demeaning, if you will, or insulting him, is going to do you any good because he's going to come right back at you and he's going to hit you 10 times harder. So
0: so your argument is you, you will never win that battle against him. Nope. Just if don't engage. Get, if you get – and my argument would be those who vote for him want to see the other people do that. That's there, my argument.
1: There are very few people out there today that I think could be successful in that and no none of those people are in the race. And but I would think you all of them are outside of politics but would you they argue someone else from entertainment?
0: Would you argue that his supporters wouldn't value that in a, another candidate? You think they're I, looking for policy discussions?
1: I absolutely do. You do all yes. Right. I absolutely do. Trump's what Trump does is he voices the general populace's and and by populace I also am talking about populism here. He's a populist. Yep. He voices populist opinion and easy sound bites. And when somebody attacks him, he just punches them down with a quick wit, quick comment, quick joke whatever it happens to be and he goes right back at it and he and that's why he does so well you 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 need somebody that's going to focus on issues and be strong about it and that's really why i think desantis right now has the best chance in the race to take him down i really do
0: that would be interesting if somebody takes that tack to kind of ignore him uh just go on talking and let him kind of fill his void and play his game without taking him on directly. Because I would I, bet I, that I think Trump that's will, what happened the first time, though.
1: I think Trump will dial up the rhetoric a little bit, and but it'll start to look like him kind of arguing with the brick wall.
0: Isn't that and, what happened the first time, though? They they kind of um, ignored him. They went about speaking, and before they knew it, they lost the primary. I I just thought that's what happened the first time.
1: I don't know. I mean, we go back to the Biden-Trump election. Biden addressed Trump pretty directly. Um,
0: Yeah, Biden. I'm talking about the primary. Yeah, I mean—
1: Yeah. So you, you had Rand Paul take a couple shots at him early on. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that there was anybody in that election who was strong on the issues. I don't think it was that they ignored him. I think they tried to find a way to go after him and they weren't effective in doing so. But I also don't think there was anybody that was terribly strong on the issues outside of Rand Paul. I, I've always thought he's been pretty solid, Republican. I mean he's done some things overall over time that I haven't liked, but generally speaking I think he's been solid on issues. He's just not good at vocalizing those issues. You gotta be strong on all those things. You gotta be strong on the issues, you gotta be strong at communicating the issues, and it's gotta be in a manner that hits home for people.
0: That's right. And you know, the hair issue with him and Trump are you Yeah, know...
1: that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they could just switch well, fake hair, same guy. <laughs>
0: so, so I guess we'll see uh, as we get further in the election where, where they end up going in regards to trying to attack them. But I think, I think we're both in agreement now that it's it's going to be a very uphill battle. To I think you're a little bit more um, uh, positive on maybe somebody coming through, but at this point, I don't see it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's too early to really get a feel for that, honestly. Um, maybe a month or two out from primary season, I would start to consider it. They don't start primary debates till probably early next year, right? Early 2024? Primary debates? The, I think there's one in August
0: in Milwaukee. Oh, is there that, that, that early?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so we're
0: going to get that podcast done soon. Yeah, we're going to get started. I, I think they're doing the first – you know, down, quote unquote, down the street from me, because I think they're having the, their convention in Milwaukee this year too. So oh, that'll be that'll be fun.
1: I gotta say I'm excited for that. I love primary season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're strange that way, Bob.
1: Oh man, I love primary primary right. season. Nothing better.
0: With the with the goal of not going too long and boring people to death, that they've turned us off and we're just talking to ourselves at this point. Let's let's go let's go to Biden uh and kind of wrap up on that i think we're we're based upon our our other discussions i think we both think that he shouldn't be running is that correct (laughs) you don't think he should have ever ran but
1: (laughs) i lost you there kevin can you hear me oh yeah i can hear you you said let's go to biden
0: yeah let's go to biden um i think we're both of the opinion that he shouldn't be running is that right
1: I agree. Yeah, absolutely. He should not be running.
0: And, you know, I mean, the, there's the age thing. I, I, to, to me, I, yes, you want a, a president on top of his game, so to speak. I, I think he's always been a gaff-filled person. Um, I don't know if it's changed since he's gotten elected or not. Obviously, the the being the president of the United States is a very stressful job, and it ages you. And I'm sure it's aged him. Um, you know, when he ran, I I wasn't a supporter of his. I thought there were other people in the field, um, so I'm I would have hoped somebody else will step up or that he would have stepped aside and and let someone else go that being said it seems again like uh last time the the party believes that he's the only person that can take on donald trump um it's a little bit of weekend at bernie's thing but they're gonna they're gonna go for it in in weekend at bernie's too and uh and and,
1: uh, yeah, I don't expect that... I don't expect him to run much of a campaign. I think he's going to do about what he did last time. He's, he's not going to be out on the campaign yep. trail much. He may show up to a debate. I, I doubt in a general election he even shows up to a debate against Trump if Trump had, ends up being the candidate. Um, but I, I don't think they see anybody else who can kind of run against him. Um, Kamala's not it. They wanted her to be it. Um, who do you put up there? I think, I think you'll see a wide variety of candidates in 2028. I think you'll see AOC run, and I think she'll probably make a lot of noise. you probably see Bernie run again. Um, see probably a RFK in there, um, but I don't think any of those candidates that this point are well positioned um to run against donald trump and i think the party knows that yeah
0: i mean that's to me a sad state of affairs to say the least yeah. <laughs> that this is this is where we're at again and uh barring any any <laughs> barring prison or the graveyard <laughs> We're, yeah. we're, we're heading towards a uh, a rocky 2 uh or, or yeah it's 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 distressing
1: and it it'll be interesting if we get there to see if you generate the foot traffic in the polls that you did last time because we had record voters last time and I'm not sure if the country generally speaking will be as pumped. To pick a side and to vote the way they were the last time.
0: Sequels never, you know, never do as good as the original. No. And I think this is going to be a sequel that's going <laughs> to, I agree. I, I just don't see the level of enthusiasm for that on, on either side uh, for that being uh, other than just, You know, people feeling that they need to get out to vote against the other side, which is a sad state of affairs.
1: And the question in my mind, you know, is one is, okay, is it Trump? Two, what's the economy look like a year from now?
0: Yeah. I I definitely think if it goes down, Biden's Biden's in, you know, trouble. Yeah. And you would argue that that's more likely than not. I mean, it's more likely that it's going to, you know. Go sideways rather than you know take a trajectory but who knows um, but you know I would think people would bet on it at least going sideways um, at some point during the election year but we'll see but uh, yeah that's that's kind of where we're at so I don't think we'll be covering uh, democratic debates like you said <laughs> it will be all on the other side of the the spectrum um, but I'm, hopefully that will be entertainment enough for us.
1: Yeah, well, we should definitely have pre and post debate podcasts, even if it's a 15 minute or half an hour quick conversation. Yep. It should be should be fun. Yep. Uh,
0: you got anything else? Because we're at like a, an hour 20.
1: Yeah, The, I think, sponsors, uh, the sponsors are going to be happy once we get them. I will call this a successful first run. You will. I will. All right.
0: Well, we're saying I'll agree. I, I think it, it went well. Uh, hopefully, whatever listeners we have will agree and we'll share it. Please feel free to share it with uh, family and friends. We'd love any input. Uh, like I said, our 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 website is sensiblecenter.com pack.com this will be posted hopefully to that soon and uh, we'll have some contact ways for you to contact us and give us feedback and your thoughts and and uh like i said we'll we'll continue to build that out and uh as we kind of figure our way here we'll uh we'd love to have you guys along for the journey so hope you enjoyed the podcast thanks for uh the time and thanks for listening And uh, we'll talk to you soon, Bob.
1: Talk to you soon. Thanks all.